This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. It's time. Hello and welcome to another wonderful wet episode of the video junkyard podcast uh continuing our lovely uh wet valentine's day uh with our next film but with my valentine uh bros that's not gonna sound any less weird uh with me as always (laughs) is uh eric branson and joe peterson uh gentlemen how are you doing good doing good happy to be your wet valentine this year so (laughs) there's not enough wet valentines you know you know (laughs) Yeah, I, there's uh, wet, wet bandits, but no wet valentines. No, wet bandits. <laughs> I think when we live in the Midwest, so I think it's less wet valentines and more of a, a freeze-dry situation. By that, mm-hmm. I mean it's cold as fuck outside and dry as fuck on the inside of the house. So it's just like... Yeah, and if that doesn't say romance... Yeah, just hard and crusty. <laughs> I mean, what is your ideal Valentine's Day, like, night out, though? Um, feeling in my toes. Well, yeah, that. (laughs) My wife and I, for years and years, we kind of like early in our relationship, kind of swore off the Valentine's Day thing and just decided not to like do presents and all that stuff that we would just like spend time together, go out to eat or something. And over time, it just became our tradition is like we go out and get burgers at like a bar or something. So we started calling it Beer and Burger Day rather than Valentine's Day. And that's kind of stuck. Like, even the past few years, we haven't been going out really, but order in burgers and beer and the kids even get to drink some rip beer on uh, oh, that's cool valentine's day last year so that's hard. Cool. the idea of approaching a, a, a you know a couple comfort food yeah yeah, yeah. whatever's bad for the heart yeah uh, no, i right. imagine yeah. joe goes a lot more greater distance though with him and with your partner um no i mean we we go out for you know dinner or something like that we try to use it as an excuse to go out but not not anything crazy we're not big yeah. on you know, we don't get each other gifts and stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll send flowers to work or something sometimes, but I don't go. We don't go nuts about it or anything like that. Um, but, uh, you know, this year, though, we might. I'm probably going to go out for, like, sushi or something. Oh, Which yeah. is a good That's segue it. for tonight's movie, because <laughs> yeah. technically it is like a romance sushi film. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, in a lot of ways. If anything, Red Lobster also would have probably worked with us, if not probably better with this True. movie. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, we are reviewing the second half of Consensual Fish Love, uh, the 1984 Tom Hanks splash. Ecstasy. Just touching her is a lifelong fantasy come true. Just being in love with her plunges him into a wondrous world of rapture and enchantment. Just one problem stands in his way. She's a fish. Nobody said love's perfect. Daryl Hannah, Tom Hanks, and John Candy. Splash, a fantastic tale about a fantastic tale. Come on in, the water's fine. (laughs) 
So this movie is about a young boy saved from a drowning but beautiful mermaid, which is weird to say because they were both very young, falls in love with her 20 years later when she returns to seek him out, before he can choose between life on dry land or deep sea paradise with his dream woman. The lovers are rudely interrupted by the intervention of a scheming scientist. Um, yeah. Oh, those scientists. Always scheming. Scheming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, once again, scientists, they're dick to fish love. That's right. <laughs> How, it, it, you know, like we, we, we kind of half joking, half serious. We're like, oh, this is just like the consensual fish sex movie because <laughs> we already did the other two. Um, yeah. Actually, then kind of rewatching this one again, it, it's it, consensual, but I don't know. I mean, Daryl Hannah's mermaid gets, she, she's a, I, I could see some people being weirded out by that. She comes on pretty yeah, strong. She does. Yeah, yeah. very strong. She's, she's like, on a mission, like, for sure. As so a, does as, this, is it just me, or did this movie's plot really not make any sense? I mean, this was an 80s romance gimmick movie, but uh, it, it made as much sense as all the other ones did. I, I guess. Like, I was going to say, yeah, it did Dan falls in love with Mannequin, you know. Didn't the, feel that weird shit. in context, yeah. Out of context, like, watching it now, it's like, ee. But, yeah, if you watch a whole bunch of 80s movies, you're going to find a lot of that. Like, yeah, you just made, mentioned one that is uh, certainly comparable, Mannequin. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like we get to see a movie that has uh, Tom Hanks, uh, and then his completely believable brother played by John Candy. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, love, and I love that you even see them as kids and they still don't look like brothers. But it's, it's uh, like mom, mom and dad, they have to have a talk at some point, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But so I feel uh, like this one is definitely like the male gaze mer mer love movie. Yes. Um, yeah, and like definitely. when we were talking about Shape of Water, like this movie came into mind, and it's like this would be a good movie to compare, you know, you know, have male because what was it before? It's just like with with Shape of Water, you have a classic like Beauty and the Beast setup, which is a typical narrative, but you know it was done in a in a in a good way of like a woman loves an uh, unconventional uh, uh, mate, you know. Mm -hmm. But the movie goes through a lot more nuances than just that, more than just Beauty of the Beast. And then compare it to man finds a beautiful, more mostly woman creature, less more woman than <laughs> than creature, uh, and she's just dumb to the ways of society, and he just has to like teach her all the shit. You know, it's it's very, yep. like you said, male gazed. But um, yep, has to. Well, yeah, the the entire setup where okay, so his girlfriend leaves him, and he's depressed, and he decides to go to Cape Cod for just decides to for reasons yeah. right because yeah and for reasons because he reasons. almost drowned there when he was a kid which doesn't sound like a good reason but yeah. that's the only connection he has to cape cod that we know of at that point in the film and it just so happens that he okay so he falls in the water he can't swim she rescues him and which, finds his wallet. which by the way not not to interrupt i'm sorry but uh if you as a child had a traumatic instance where you fell into water and almost drowned don't you think the first thing you would do is be like, hey, mom and dad, could I get some swimming lessons? Yeah. Like, could I learn how to swim? Because that almost killed me. Like, but anyway, that's... Yeah, yeah. No, he just went through his whole life like, yeah, I don't do that. Um, <laughs> nope. She she saves him, <laughs> makes out with him, and then he leaves because he's like, well, that was weird. Um, she has well, his she wallet. fled. She yeah, fled. she fled. She has his wallet. 
Yeah, but after she leaves, he's just like, oh, okay, and he goes to. Um, she goes to her, like, sunken ship house or something and pulls out maps of New York City that she knows how to read and <laughs> knows how to read his driver's license and knows how to get to New York. <laughs> like, where to... It's like the whole thing. But she doesn't speak mm -hmm. a word of English and she doesn't understand her ways. Like, you don't speak English, but you can read it? Um, yeah, apparently. Yes. That was... <laughs> Yeah. Check one for realism. I, I guess. But yeah, that was just really fucking weird. <laughs> like, of all of the setups. It's just... It, I don't know. So, like, then what is... It, was he attracted to go there because of some connection with the mer people? I don't... I, I mean, don't. I'm... I, I feel like maybe that would be the only thing that makes sense. But yeah, that's where he... You know, he bump, bumps into the... Maybe she's like uh, singing a siren song. Like that's an old mermaid, part yeah. of the mermaid legend. Just right? saying her name. The Greek. And yeah. those little clicks. Sirens. Yeah. 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 Her, Maybe this like... movie's more of a horror movie than we really than we realize. <laughs> like this was yeah. actually the start. It's like, be, but hide your boys. The 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 mer women are gonna take them. They're gonna take. Well, the you know, you could you could do that. Leave you with the John Candy. They they leave this movie at the end with a jumping point. You totally could have done that. Yep. Yeah. You know. Yep. Um, which but, supposedly yeah. the jumping point is totally ignored in the movie's actual sequel. So, oh, uh, I think uh, much like everyone else, we just don't talk about that. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever even seen it. To tell you the truth, John Candy in in this, he is like the one saving grace, but that's <laughs> he, barely. He isn't. He isn't. As in, he's great at what he does because John Candy just like pretty much lights up any film. Like he's 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 just good at what he does. He's he's a he could take even a poor script like he's got here and make it very funny, but he's a very not John Candy character. Like I can't think of oh. another character he plays uh, in his career like this. And it, I, maybe I'm not thinking hard enough because I know he's not always like the lovable, lovable misfit that he is in the John Hughes movies he's in. But um, but yeah, he's he's definitely <laughs> a d interesting uh, character in this. The, Sleaze the, ball is a good. Yeah, way to put I mean, it. you first yeah. meet him as a child where he's dropping quarters on a on a boat deck to uh, bend down, pick them up, and then you know sneak a glance up a lady's skirts. Which uh, his the second time, quickly reprimands him yeah. with a very stern talking in the form of a slap in the back of the head. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> good old eighties movies. Listen to uh, your father. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, then we meet him a second time where he shows up at their, their family business that he and uh, um, his brother, played by Tom Hanks, Alan Bauer, run together, uh, which is a food dispensary, food and produce um, dispensary of some sort. Um, yeah, like a distribution. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't get the horse they were in an actual market, but, like, they, they said they're a supplier, food yeah. supplier. for Yeah. Um, and... He shows up late to work and is bragging about how he got his letter published in Penthouse magazine. Keep in mind, oh, God, this is a fucking... Disney-funded, or Touchstone, I think, did it, but like a Disney company, PG-rated film with lots of mentions of Hustler magazine, lots of nipples, female nipples in it, um, which is interesting. I None mean, well, wait, which version did you watch? Uh, I didn't know there were multiple versions. Like, uh... They've yeah, edited we're, we're, it on Disney Plus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so this so... was the... I guess I saw the edited version of this, and I still was... For a PG-rated film, was... Um, almost said the word impressed. That sounds a little sleazebaggy. But anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I, Bold creative decisions. It had yes. enough bare breast in, in a, you know, young adult 
targeted object to be banned from a school in Tennessee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. The, I mean, naked mice, right? So, naked anyway, mice. But, yeah. Yeah. I feel like these um, are the same people who might be bothered with Shape of Water. Anyways, yeah, and, yes. Yeah, exactly. And and the, the the nudity in it is not sexual. Uh, there are sexual situations in this movie. None of them contain nudity. All of the nudity is unsexual. But it's uh, it's still interesting to see because nowadays I don't think you get no matter how unsexual it is, I don't think you're going to get nudity into a PG movie. Like you're not going to get you know yeah. naked breasts at a PG movie. Just well, not going to happen. Like. Well, this movie came out like what well, was a couple months right before PG thirteen actually became yeah. a thing. Yep, uh, it is now a technically officially a PG thirteen movie nowadays. Yeah, uh, like it was given the official designation on Disney Plus, and then you know, which leads it to the current controversy is like they 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 censored this film on their streaming service, which is the version that I watched. Yeah, uh, that's the version I watched too, and and my memory of it as we we didn't even go into like the. You know, what's your memory of this? I remember seeing this as a kid. I have some distinct memories of it. Uh, Same. It was one that I didn't really, even as a kid, care for a whole lot, but I do remember watching it. And I remember there being a reaction from my parents of whether this was really appropriate. I think we probably all saw it at the same time. I don't know, 84? Like, I didn't see it in 84. Like, I would have been way too young. Um, So maybe they had seen it beforehand and were showing it to us and just, you know. But anyway, I, I, I feel like I remember there being a, oh, well, I forgot this movie was, you know, had this content in it kind of thing from my parents. So It was but, butts. It was mainly butts. Yeah. Which Disney yeah, Plus yeah. decided to, to censor with fake-ass CG hair. I guess fake-ass actually now has, like, a legitimate... Yeah. It's, anyway, yeah, there you go. And it's, it's obvious, but... It's weird it's... because you can see the Hulk's ass in Thor Ragnarok, and that's on there, too. Mm-hmm. It's... I don't know, maybe, you know, big green CG. It's like, uh, it's not real, though. Like, well, it's a butt. I, I think if the butt is... Who's offended is, by a butt? I think if the I butt is intentionally being used for, like, comedic effect, that's one thing. But if it's not being used for comedic effect, then it must be something more nefarious. <laughs> We're yeah, have yeah, people masturbate on our fucking streaming program. <laughs> yeah, so... but Sets down the egg timer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember some older cousins of mine really liking this one when it came out and I, I remember seeing bits and pieces of it there and I remember it being popular. Um yeah, the same. only scene though when like when somebody would say, Oh yeah, that you know, Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah movie Splash I remember yeah, she's a mermaid and he's a guy and I don't remember anything about the plot, but I just the image I remember from the movie is of John Candy hitting himself in the head with a racquetball, <laughs> yeah. like where he's like serving and he hits himself. That yeah. is a great scene. Him playing racquetball, but he's like drinking beer and he's smoking yeah, a cigarette. Beer and smoke. <laughs> he like brings yeah. a cooler I, of beer into the racquetball court. <laughs> I did have a cringe moment where he grabbed his chest, going like, "Whew, my heart!" And I'm like, "Oh no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah." <laughs> well. I I I know that you know we all have this image of John Candy as this lovable guy because he played that in so many movies and apparently he was a very 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 nice lovable guy in real life but he also really really liked cocaine so yeah, yeah. well yeah. he's a self medicator like that's yeah. how he got over all of his anxieties and stuff so yeah and I'm not saying that in judgment <laughs> just like you know there's he, he really is not subtle in this movie. <laughs> He's really out there. No. no. Um, there's a couple of people like Eugene Levy in oh, this. Oh God. And I like Eugene it, Levy. But, but this is kind of like what? the character he played around this time. It was. Too. It was. 
can looking at you, Boogity Two. With with you mentioning that, yeah, <laughs> I forgot about it. yeah. Um, yeah uh, no, you guys didn't fucking watch it. That's why you forgot about it. I know, I know, you didn't forget about it, but yeah. So just you bringing up Eugene Levy and his performance kind of kind of digs into what my biggest problem with this movie is, and it's not that it's like super eighties, and it's not that it's like uh, it can't really decide whether it's a you know fantasy film or a romance film, and and the fact that those things seem to butt heads because they don't they don't have to butt heads. We watched a movie last you know last week that totally pulls that off in every way imaginable, but in this movie that seems like they just can't really get those two things together. Um, but Eugene Levy's character is very obvious to me that that character exists in a different movie. Like that this <laughs> yeah. script started off as something entirely different and maybe Brian Grazier and Ron Howard got a hold of this thing and decided, oh, we're going to you know tweak this script a little bit and make this family-friendly fun or whatever, or play up the romance angle. I feel like at one point in this script's history, this was like, and not necessarily like a sleazy movie, but this was like a more adult comedy film. Uh, that would have played up kind of the angle of, you know, Sexy Mermaid. It had this totally slapstick, weird scientist character. Some uh, It had, you know, John Candy's character as, as Freddie Bauer. Uh, all, all the signs are there that this screenplay was adapted to become a family film. It was not always one. It was meant to be like a, a, a more adult comedy. I don't mean adult film, obviously, but like a more grown-up comedy. And... Um, I think in the hands of the people who got a hold of it, uh, you know, Brian Grazier, Ron Howard, they kind of steered it more towards what they are known for doing and more family friendly. Not that everything Ron Howard's ever done is family friendly, but and I, and I think it really hurts the movie. I think it's got a total personality crisis because there's still like scenes and things that exist from this. Now I'm imagining all of this, so I don't know that this is the case, but it's like prior version of the script that I made up in my head. But it just seems like there's this this crazy like back and forth between these two versions of a movie, like two different visions of it that just kind of play out on screen. And Eugene Levy's character is like prime example of like this is from a different movie. Well, this does not exist in the same movie as Daryl Hannah and Tom Hanks's romance story. Like this is just something else. <laughs> his character very much channels like Wiley e. Coyote. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, that's it. That's it the only purpose that and then you got that weird like little bit at the end like oh i kind of feel guilty about what i've done so oh, i'll help you save her yeah, yeah i'll still get one thrown of the, one into of the team. a fucking yeah. hole but there's some great shots of uh tom hanks and john candy and eugene levy in their like lab coats when they're breaking into there where you wonder like hey would this have worked as the cast of ghostbusters but yeah like, that's true <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I will say this. Like, actually, Tom Hanks and uh, John Candy together, mainly in the beginning of the movie, when uh, with the wedding and then the bar scene. Like, I think it's mainly the bar scene. It's just wonderful. Where you have, like, a calm, collected John Candy walking with, like, uh, I don't know what he had, like, brandy or maybe. Mm-hmm. Talking about, like, you know, about drinking is, like, it's not about drinking too much it's about the size and how it distributes throughout your body see your problem is you're too skinny and he walks up and then here's tom hanks face down at a fucking drunk as fuck in a (laughs) a bowl of pretzels going like but i didn't want to i don't want to get drunk brother you're already drunk (laughs) you're past that point i'm on the bar like if you had a whole movie based on that that would have been fucking great yeah like just watch two brothers of completely different mindsets try to run their family business um Yeah, with with actors like Tom Hanks and John Candy, that would have been fantastic, you know. Like, yeah. 
and we're never gonna get it unless we can do like the whole CGI actor. Oh, don't you know, don't with John. <laughs> don't say it'll give someone no. the idea. <laughs> we just get uh, Frank Caliendo and some, uh, you know, some just the, put there. the dots on his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. God, please no. No, I, um, I, and that that's I think adds to a bit of like a disappointment with this movie is you've got this cast that you know can do so much better, mm-hmm. and well, and and I think I agree. I think like almost like Disney got a hold of this one and they had to lighten it up a lot. Uh, it reminds me. It reminds me a bit of, and this is a situation where literally that is what happened. Um, the the movie AI, the Stephen. Um, Spielberg oh, yeah. movie AI, which was originally a Stanley Kubrick movie, mm-hmm. and when he died before he finished it, Spielberg came in and finished the film. And wow, can you tell? Oh, yeah, narratively, it's like it, it all of a sudden it's this hard turn towards Spielberg, and this feels <laughs> like it's you know oh you're tooling along, and all of a sudden nope nope, Disney is like infecting it. Um, and maybe and I don't know I don't even know maybe it, it wasn't made that way. Maybe this was just a, a weird plan all the way, all the, you know, the whole time. But it, it, I agree. This feels like a couple of different films. Like it can't well, decide if it wants to be a bit of a, a slightly raunchy comedy, which it totally could have been a great raunchy adult comedy, right? For yeah. This time. Well, I was gonna say Sorry. this is a Ron Howard film, and like if you look at things like How the Grinch Stole Christmas, it's like, yep, this seems on brand. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. know what it doesn't know if it wants to be raunchy or family friendly. Just fuse it together. Just do mm-hmm. it. Uh, what were you yeah. going to say, Eric? No, I was going to say, according to Wikipedia, Brian Grazier did uh, spend quite a bit of time pitching this to different companies. Apparently, the Lad Company picked it up and then eventually passed on it. He, uh, according to this, he pitched to numerous studios. They don't don't say which, but um, it was turned down repeatedly until Walt Disney Productions agreed to produce the film. So that could very well be that they agreed under the conditions of. You know, kind of steering it towards that family-friendly uh, kind of fantasy film aspect of it, not like the comedy. You know, because I, I feel like the script, or at least the parts of it that we get in there, like just has a personality crisis. Like, it, yeah, yeah. It, mean, there's aspects you brought up Mannequin before. There's aspects that clearly, you know, Mannequin borrowed from. Um, there, there's a few others like in the '80s. These kind of you know, I think of the Weekend at Bernie's movies too. Like a, a tone <laughs> there that could have worked with this because there's elements of it. You know, like the, the scene where she's she's at at Nor- uh, was it Bloomingdale's and she's yeah. working out to the Richard oh. Simmons video, and the two guys are like, "She's been doing that for six hours. We should stop her." It's like, yeah, in a minute. <laughs> like everybody's That's another thing with one of these her. these types of movies. There's always going to be like girl who doesn't understand world has to explore them all. Uh-huh. Uh Montage mm-hmm. scenes always. Has uh, to go shopping. Yeah. Gotta go shopping. It was like, oh, how fucking Reagan era is this? Capitalism <laughs> boner. Just once again, set my egg timer. Well, she even gets the idea to like get his credit card to take with her. Like that's. Uh... Yeah, uh, I think I found out the real reason that he fucking escaped with her is because he saw his fucking credit card debt for after she bought <laughs> the fucking bill. statue. Yeah. He's just like, fuck it, I'll live with you in the ocean. That has to be way better, right? Like, mm, wait. Till... <laughs> No, and then wait till you get to the 2020s and you see the state of the... There's so much plastic in this fucking place. <laughs> um, you know, so the main reason that we brought, like, we compared this movie is to, 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 to analyze, like, you know, the approaches to, of these relationships. I've, you know, the beginning of this was brought up. But, like, 
God, like this movie, like straight away, hey, this mute, seemingly mute, or, or someone who doesn't understand English or the language, half naked, just pounces you on the elevator, and it's like, no, this is consent, this is fine, let's <laughs> just go fucking nuts, um, and like, God, consent or consent or not, wouldn't that just raise some red flags? I mean, I'd it's be... just right away, no matter what side yeah. you're on, it's weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Um, it's very weird, and I really feel sorry for the person who fucking walked into that elevator, just like, smells like chicken of the sea in here. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> many layers well, to and, that joke. <laughs> why, I never fully understood, maybe it was a throwaway line that I missed, but they, I never really understood what the connection was between those two. The romance? The romance was just pure, hot fucking, apparently. No, like, the, the, the connection, meaning, like, how they ended up together because they they allude to a little bit something like he he when he fell in when he was a kid he was actually fine she didn't need to save him because he can he's like somehow has mermaid power or, i don't know only when she's around him or some shit the it, the, the, the universe isn't yeah. very clear yeah it's not super things. clear and they i feel like they leave it ambiguous because they want to get the ending to work like you know but yeah, I mean, the only connection be. I see is that, you know, they came across each other as, as children. She saved him. But yeah, you're right. They did allude to, like, that she didn't need to save him. And then, you know, after being with her, whatever, whatever transformed him, whether it was, you know, the kissing, the sex, the whatever, the, the falling <laughs> in love um, aspect of the whole thing, um, he then, you know, finds that, oh, I can breathe underwater, which uh, without growing gills or anything like uh you know, in oh my god! Subsequent you know, movie, but yeah, that whole that whole sentence just spawned like like how this movie could quickly become like a body horror film, just like <laughs> yeah, I'm really just baning this chick that I don't quite understand. Like at one point in the film, he does say like like when she says she's shy when she's trying to hide her like mermaidness, which by the mm-hmm. way, this whole exposure happened way too late in the film, I thought. But besides that, getting back to my point, yeah. like when she says, "Oh, I'm shy," it's like you're shy. You weren't shy in the elevator, my living room, on top of my fridge. When he said the top of the fridge part, I'm just, logistically, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how, how any that of that work? works comfortably yeah. for anyone. Or even why someone goes like, you want to do it on top of the fridge? Yes. Yeah, like, how does that come up? Like, you don't accidentally roll onto the top of the fridge or something, you know. It's... Like, there's there's more fucking powers going that on here than we're being... Right, that's a Spider-Man thing. That's, <laughs> um, but going back to the body horror alternative version of this film, like you're you're just having nonstop sex with this sea creature, and you don't realize that by doing so, you're being slowly turned into another like fucking like mer person, or maybe even a gill man. Who fucking knows? But, yeah, uh, fucking. I, watch I think that would have added something to this film, even if it was approached in a, in a comedy <laughs> aspect, like give there some you know some kind of like change happening to tom hanks because all of the changes expected of daryl hannah's mermaid character of madison in the movie and i mean you know and then and then it turns out at the end they throw tom hanks in this in the ocean just throw tom like hanks she, in the ocean. she has to adapt to him like do everything to kind of woo him and she comes at looking for him and she still has to change everything about herself to you know adapt to tom hanks and then and then at the end they end up you know in her world so i hope i hope you know, whatever became of the characters if we're ignoring the, the sequel that I haven't even seen. 
Well, but, well, you know, they, I hope it's go, I hope it's tough on him the next. Well, time. they they go back. They fucking undo it. I, I know, read ahead yeah, about yeah, the movie. Yeah. We won't talk about it. Well, I will say this: if you do the right kind of editing, you can make uh, Castaway like a good sequel to this. Like, oh, you just yeah. left his ass on just land. Just didn't work out. <laughs> just didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe add in some, like, I don't know, something from, like, Deep Rising or something like that in there. You know, like, yeah. Or the faculty, you know, where, oh, it turns out she's never just a mermaid. She's this monster. And now he's on the island. And, you know, and the Titanic she goes by you. and it sinks. And, yeah, you just keep adding movies to it to canonize it. The worst part of it all, she gave me literal crabs. <laughs> I just yeah I I would like to see you know we we've we've talked about movies that were directed by two different people same story two different people obviously the two Justice Leagues mm. from Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon we talked about it with the Exorcist uh, prequel um, but this is one where I would be willing to pay the money to see splash recut reshot whatever same script but I want it done by David Lynch. <laughs> it would almost work or Cronenberg Lynch yeah, or Cronenberg or a fucking yeah I think up. David Lynch would deal with this script really well it almost seems like something that would that almost is already kind of out of a David Lynch movie if you just kind of match the visual style with yeah. that like yeah I mean Lighthouse kind of comes to mind right now too <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> just have Willem Dafoe play the merman <laughs> yeah you were fond of me lobster <laughs> that's gonna be the um, clip at the end of this yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be Willem Dafoe and admittedly this one is not like entirely without its charms it's it has some stuff that works and it's probably the, the Disney-fied stuff that actually works a little bit better because the other stuff just seems so like polarizing compared to it but there's you know there's some some kind of funny 80s moments of you know Daryl Hannah doing the stranger in a strange land bit of you know trying to figure out the world and how it works and learning you know all of the customs of our culture and all that it's it, it, it's a joke that works at points it it is the only joke so it gets old really quickly but yeah. oh yeah this movie's like nearly two hours long and it's like oh yeah it really kind of drags like the and, first part of it's good but then after like the fish out of water joke just so yeah. long and there's some legitimate like chemistry between her and Tom Hanks that like there's so there's some like decent like um you know like 80s romance movies you know scenes that work like it it's it's fine at points but when you stack it up against like the um just goofball scientist character played by Eugene Levy and kind of the inept military that are straight out of a comedy movie and the other stuff going Evil on scientists yeah all of the weight that is given to the the romantic relationship and it's even like all the way to the beginning with tom hanks just being this like wallowing guy like it's never gonna happen for me man like i you know i blew this relationship so i'm never gonna know love and i'm gonna be alone forever and it's like yeah i'm gonna go to cape cod <laughs> it's, like, um, it's like he seems like if he was he, if he was around nowadays he'd be listening to a lot of vampire weekend yeah, maybe. Just, based yeah, off of so. that. <laughs> just like, yeah, it just that that whole piece of it was kind of overdone, and like, I don't know. So, so it does take those those moments where it works, and it just, yeah, kind of spoils them on not fixing some of the other issues with it. And and who knows? I, I can't find any reference that there was, you know, different drafts of the script. But I wouldn't, you know, I'm gonna stake money on it at this point. What did you think of the effects? Um. 
decent. Like, I think it works. Like, I think it... Okay, you take, like, a, a, a kid nowadays and sit him down in front of it. I'm not sure they'd be super impressed, but I, I think in general it works just fine. I think uh, she looks enough like a mermaid to me when they do the when they have the tail on her. Mm -hmm. um, she's able to move around quite convincingly, and I wondered, uh, you know, how how long that took, if, if it was Daryl Hannah or whoever the stunt performers were that did that movement, um, to learn to kind of swim like that, if that was really... Because it, it appears that it's actually somebody swimming in the tail. Yeah. But, yeah. I would I would say that the... the the effects for the time worked a lot better than the digital edits that they did in Disney+. Yeah, Plus. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, once again, ass hair is weird. Yeah, um, super weird. I did, you know, now that I'm scrolling, uh, you brought up uh, uh, Daryl Hannah's, like, mermaid tail situation, and it turns out it was fully functional, uh, and yeah. she swam with the mermaid tail so fast that her safety team could not keep up with her. And according to DVD commentary, uh, she claims that she's been swimming mermaid style, in quotations, with her legs bound together since she was a child due to her fascination with the Little Mermaid. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, um... Maybe she's just yeah. born to play this role. Like that. Yep, that very much makes sense. <laughs> so. Well, the, the, oh. the shots of her swimming underwater... We're, we're cool looking like yeah that that looks like what you'd imagine a mermaid to look like i still don't understand mm -hmm. how you've got those kinds of coral reefs forming right off of i New wanted York. to ask about that yes i was gonna <laughs> yeah. say does cape cod have coral uh, i mean there <laughs> like... might be some introduced but yeah i mean you're not gonna see tropical corals there yeah they had a lot of tropical looking fish and corals that yeah certainly were not new york or cape cod or there's a flat out of sea turtle there was a fucking sea turtle swimming around in there yeah why this movie had to take place in new york it'd be fine in miami well right? and that's a bit of a nitpick i think i mean you're right you're absolutely right and but if that was the biggest of this film's problems it would it would probably still be a good movie i could let it go but it's uh, <laughs> just one of the many so yeah, I thought, like, the, the scenes, especially when she's in the tank and they're showing, like, she's getting distressed a bit and she's, like, shedding. Yeah. Um, I thought that was, was pretty well done. That held up pretty well. It, yeah. it kind of looked like what that would look like, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. If anyone's ever ever seen, like, a dead, decaying uh, red carp on the fucking shores of something. Yeah. And, like, instant. Like, yep, that looks about yeah. right. If anyone's ever if ever had fish, especially like goldfish, I remember having a couple of goldfish that when when they would get distressed, like like, which is this, this is terrible, but I was young and probably didn't know how to take care of them that well. But like you'd know, like it was time. Oh, like away, it's way too. I avoided way too long cleaning the the fish bowl because you know the fish is starting to like fall apart. It kind of looks like it molts <laughs> a little bit. Like it's like oh, I need to take care of that. And then yeah, you'd put some fresh water in there and clean it up, and they'd be better. But um, but yeah, it was very convincing that that's exactly what a fish looks like when it's it's distressed. It starts to, you know, I don't know if fall apart's the right word, but starts to, and I don't even know, I don't think molt's the right word either, but. It's scabby. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that looked pretty good. Um, I, it, I mean, then, of course, there's the effect at the very end, like the last shot of the movie, which is just terrible. A map. But... Yeah, the map. The fuzzy <laughs> yeah, it's map. not even a good one. It's it's yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, to to do that at the end of the movie, like... Oh, there's this whole culture here when we, or there's this whole like society, when we didn't spend any time on developing that at all. We didn't even give her lines that like 
implied that she was part of like an advanced mermaid society. Like it just, I, I mean, she, it leads to the show. I was she gonna say, went to a fucking sunken ship. Yeah, she didn't go anywhere else. Yeah, I think it leads to the shortcomings of the develop of this movie in general and the development of her character, and that probably in the original script she was just supposed to be a sexy mermaid, and they didn't have much else to do with her. So, I mean, their whole like rage and sex life, which is the only thing that they ever really do to yeah. show a relationship, mind you, mind you, the Shape of Water had two love interests that could not vocally speak to one another show way more affection uh, like range of emotion versus just Tom Hanks and <laughs> I can't like I can't give my my mind around all they did was fuck and so yeah. so the alternative is like I'm going to live with you under the ocean like yeah wait till your, the logistics of that start to kick in for you Hanks like she went back to Tailtown, and now you can't really leave without we, we don't really explain what's going on with you like like good luck fertilizing them eggs i'm instantly taken back to that episode of futurama where uh he tries to hook up with the fish lady oh. <laughs> and yeah. it's like how does this work how does this work well um i just lay my eggs and then you just fertilize them later <laughs> it's like Okay, I gotta go. I think on top of the story not making a lot of sense and like not being able to decide what kind of story it's trying to tell, it also just does this weird thing where it even half-asses the stuff that it is trying to do. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it, it it totally half-asses any explanation of anything. This movie's too fucking long. It's too long to be this disjointed. There's yeah. too much filler of nonsense. <laughs> well, you know what else it has is it's a, it's an eleven million dollar movie at the time, which which was even when this was made it was a fairly modest budget for something like what did the Disney company would be making, but eleven million dollar movie that looks like a cheapy B movie most of the yeah. time. Joe's right; the special effects of the mermaid stuff are not bad. Like that actually, you know, looks up to up to par. But in general, like the stuff that they do with just the the feel of the movie, the disjointedness, the the opening sequence uh, with the the kids and the the boat and the the child mermaid thing, um, all looks way cheaper than you expect, even in 1984 from like a production of this budget. And um, so I don't know, it look, looks like a cheapie that uh, somehow got elevated up to its status. Yeah. <laughs> Well, even that weird sepia tone at the beginning too was just an odd choice. No, go and ahead. That, that well, I was gonna say that leads me to want to talk about one of the, the the craziest things about this movie, and that's that this didn't just have a nostalgia reputation where people like, oh, I love that movie when I was a kid, so automatically I still love it. But this actually still maintains a ninety-one percent fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it has overwhelmingly positive reviews from everyone who reviewed it, contemporary and in um, when it was. I think they did a whole new round of stuff when it was released on Disney Plus because there's a bunch of like recent um, uh, reviews for it as well. And that kind of makes my head spin a little bit. Like I'm not sure I understand. Like like okay, it's not the worst movie ever made. It has some charms. It's very 80s, but you know whatever. It's not good, but it's not 
the worst thing ever, but 91%? We're talking this is on par with some, like, great films, right? Rotten Tomatoes score-wise. Like, what is it about Splash that had everybody and has everybody still so, I don't know, like, drinking the Kool-Aid on this one? Because I'm not sure I get it. <laughs> Mermaid fetish. Yeah. <laughs> Butts. Yeah. Sleazy John Candy. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I'm missing personally with this one. Where like, how does how is this have that kind of a rating? I tell God. you what, if they if they were to throw John Candy as the love interest and end uh, it with him in the fucking fish tail, or gold. Did you did you Check read the, the Ebert review no. from back from '84? That's no. exactly what he says. He gave it 1.5 stars. Did not care for it. He says they should have made John Candy the lover and Hanks the brother. Then we'd be on the side of the big lump, who, the big lunk who suddenly has a mermaid drop into his life, and I'm like, yes, and that's exactly what you just said. So I wondered if you. Wow. Did that. Yeah, I, yeah. Now I'm scrolling down. I see that. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like uh, uh, a little validated. Yeah. Yeah. I no, like I, and I agree. I always with you, had like so. some similar <laughs> things. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the scene where she buys him the fountain is just. Oh yeah, weird. Once again, another water feature in a small apartment that makes no fucking sense. Yeah, and it doesn't. The whole thing doesn't make sense. Bought you a fountain for your small high-rise New York apartment, like a giant stone fountain. It's like no, no one's putting that in for you. The plumbing doesn't work. Like there's no way they're gonna allow like that much water. Like you know that's not happening. No matter how much you know, no. we made sex you offer. Are you somebody. telling me? Are you telling me that? The people who brought you fridge fucking did not sell you on fountain decor <laughs> in your li- in your living space. Well, you know, if they it was did not. if if it was played up as a a really you know silly gag, like you know Rodney Dangerfield at back to school or something like that, you know, like all the stuff he does mm. to the dorms and that, um, yeah, that'd be one thing. But this is it's it's used in a much more like serious scene. Oh yeah. And it, yeah. so it feels where, like, so if this was, like, a gag, they try to play it off as a light joke as they go into this more serious conversation. It's like, no, that's too important of a conversation to your narrative to have something like that. It, 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 I mean, it's just what, a bad choice. Bear with me with this. What if, what if that situation that you mentioned, like, this was after the whole fucking laboratory and he got out, he was able to be released and he's all, like, pissy. They're like, oh, she's a mermaid, whatever. Uh, yeah, staring at the fucking fountain, thinking of her. How 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 funny would it have been if he's just like, you expect him to go? I have to go save her. It's just now, how the fuck am I going to get rid of this goddamn thing? <laughs> like, <laughs> the like, end. <laughs> like maybe maybe I shouldn't have proposed. Maybe I do have commitment issues and I need therapy. <laughs> like, <laughs> the right the end. <laughs> um. <laughs> 80s movies um, with believable actors and actresses. That's what we do. Like a realistic fucking a realistic approach. approach. Like, my... like, wow, that was a really weird fucking situation. I now know mermaids exist, and uh, I need to get rid of this fountain. I gotta get rid of this fountain, and my back still hurts from the fridge. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how that worked. <laughs> like, so. um, well, did you guys have any, uh, like, last minute, last final thoughts and a grade for uh, Splash? I did have one. Uh, I want to do one more comparison to. Um, <laughs> I want to do one more comparison to Shape of Water and 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 this and that is um, between uh, Strickland like 
cracking his finger and the juice coming out and then watching her like crack open the fucking uh lobster like uh-huh. i couldn't i don't know why it was like the sounds <laughs> and the action just like it was it was the biting it yeah yeah if you've eaten lobster like or if you ever cracked a lobster tail or whatever you, you could kind of feel like what that might be like to like bite into and chew on yeah and i think that's why like yeah, I know. I kind of got the same thing. It was kind of like, e, like, because <laughs> I don't know something about chewing that stuff up, like just oh. the, like the outer shell of a lobster just seems, I don't know, but painful. But, yeah, but just watching, just watching her like go at that. Like at one point, she was gnawing on the leg randomly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, just like mm, she's committed. Yeah, she was certainly committed. That's. Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, the lobster thing was a, a moment that maybe it worked, like, really well because I was as uncomfortable about it as uh, the characters were. So maybe that was a successful I, scene. But, like, I don't know what it was. But, yeah, it was just, it was, it gave me this, it's the sound. And, like, I don't know what it is. It just get, did the same, like, chill down my spine. I'm like, oh, the did finger. You, did that, back to the finger. Did that happen when, uh, when you watched Venom? Oh yeah, yeah. No, actually, totally. I yeah. I thought of Splash right away uh, when <laughs> that scene in Venom when he's in the tank and eating the fucking yeah. lobster. Right away, honestly. Yeah, I actually told my cousin who when we saw the movie in theaters, and he's like, I don't know what Splash is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, nah, don't, don't, don't rush it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Stick to Venom. Um, but yeah, uh, do you guys have anything? Any last bits? I think the one other thing I was going to, and this goes along with the can't believe it's maintaining a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, is this was a writ, this screenplay was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original <laughs> Screenplay. What a year 1984 must have been if this was one of the, like, and this was back when they were only still nominating five things per category, no, it, so. It also won Best Picture. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, yeah. Going back to a joke from the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> but man, nominated for an Oscar. I, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be good for them, I guess. So. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Well, should we go into reviews? Sure. Yeah, let's do okay. it. Let's... Uh, Joe, do you want to get it out of the way? Sure. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't get what the infatuation with this one was. There's movies older than this, and were made kind of contemporary to this that were better, um, and that hold up better. I. I think this was a situation, in my opinion, where it was like you're taking a, a thing that was going to be exciting to see on film, like a mermaid, and you know that's you're going to have a, a, a you know kids are going to want to see that, um, and you've got this cast of like the top comic actors at the time, um, so yeah, it's pretty much going to write itself. Unfortunately, it didn't, no. so <laughs> it it just kind of falls flat in most of the places, like. I actually, one of my notes is I never thought I'd enjoy John Candy, but I can definitely say this is the least I've ever enjoyed him. Yeah. Like, his, yeah. even, you know, his, he's delivering, but he's just, it's it's such an unpleasant character that only, I, I only felt like half of his jokes landed. Um, so, ultimately, though, I mean, Daryl Hannah is fine in this. Tom Hanks is fine in this. John Candy's not bad. He's just, the character's terrible. <laughs> Um, Eugene yeah. Levy's annoying. All he does is scream, and that that just gets <laughs> he's and he 
well, he's later in life. He becomes this really, really good actor, but not in yeah. Who not who in screams? One. All he does is scream. But he found a way to really found a way to do that it. well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm actually gonna go with a with like a mid level D on this one. Um, Ooh, I I, I just know. thought this one was pretty lame, um, and I I wonder if the reason that it was so popular back when it first came out is just because of who was in it and what the main concept was. But the story doesn't make any sense. Um, and not even like to nitpick. It just doesn't make any sense. It's, yeah, it's, it's full of plot holes. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be as kind with it. Yeah. Splash <laughs> kind of sucked. <laughs> so yeah. splash for you is more of a droop. Yeah. Um, dribble. How about you, Eric? Yeah. I, I mean, unfortunately I got to echo a bunch of that. Um, I think it has a couple moments where it works, um, but not enough. And I, the, the personality crisis going on in this, this kind of thing always ruins movies for me. And it's not that I can't, um, it's not that I'm so like set into like a genre that it has to be a certain like mood or something, but it's when I feel like the filmmakers don't know what they're, or don't, or can't decide what they're going for. And this one has a definite issue with that, whether this wants to be like family friendly fun or whether it wants to be, you know, more of a like slapstick comedy, especially of the era with some of the more adult humor and such. But, um, yeah, as popular as this is, and with an A-list cast, and a, certainly a talented director, he's, he's a little hit and miss, but I certainly have enjoyed stuff that Ron Howard's done over the years. Um, I was surprised at what a mess this movie was. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's it's also like Ryan kept saying, it's this thing's almost two hours long, and it yeah. really feels like it. By the time it actually like gets around to it, like I feel like you're already in, well into hour two before the, the rom-com aspects of it which is some of the stronger stuff in it which is weird for me to be saying but where that really kicks off and starts being a you know um convincing and endearing part of the movie and then of course then they have to sandwich um at the very end of the movie they have to like throw in this entire plot about the crazy scientists and everybody catching up with them and um you know all that conflict to the point where after two hours you're just kind of sitting and twiddling your thumbs the ending actually kind of feels rushed so it's like um yeah, just just issues all over the place with with the with screenplay, the the style of the film, the uh, pacing of the film. Um, I remember kind of even not loving this one when I was a kid, and I wonder if that's why, because it's just not quite. It's not really a kids' movie, even though it's got some like cool mermaid effects in it, and just yeah, I could see just being really bored of it. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go right about in the same place. I might throw it a plus, but uh, I'm going to go with D plus on it. Uh, mainly just because it does have a talented cast who are doing their damnedest to give you uh, entertainment here. It just doesn't quite work out. So, I, um, yeah, I mean, the deeper we go down, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 there's, <clears throat> this movie's so fucking long that we, even when the credits play, the movie is still fucking going. Yeah. And not showing <laughs> anything of interest. No, yeah. just showing you impossible coral and the potential of an undersea invasion uh, onto the surface <laughs> yeah. um, with their massive Manhattan uh, matte painting. Matte painting. That's what. The, that's actually what it should have been. It's just like it shows him swimming to the, the this like. Oh, it's gonna be a city. If I don't, no, it's a fucking billboard. Oh, she's fucking nuts. She's a witch, <laughs> and I'm stuck here forever. Because you know, more of the story is. You know, if you know somebody for a week, I mean, but that's the yeah. whole point, right? We're comparing this 
Shape of Water. I mean, I'm the one who introduced Splash to this roster. I'm the one who, <laughs> hey, you know it would be a good comparison? Um, yeah, but in a way you could think of it as it was a very good comparison because it couldn't it have was. been more it different. It was, yeah. No, it, it, it showed how good we have it nowadays, <laughs> actually. Right. Um, but no, this movie, it's, it's God, like, you know, it seemed promising. I legitimately laughed, even though he, uh, John Candy's character is sleazy. Uh, I legitimately <laughs> laughed at like the first part of it seemed promising. It's like this, this should be good. This should be good. But then God, fuck, it got born so fucking quick. Like people who complain about shape of water, it's like, Oh, that's the fish fucking movie. Right. And like, no, that's this movie. Oh <laughs> that's yeah. All this movie fucking did. That and pisses like, me off, you know, and I'm sorry to interrupt your, your notes here, fine. but that, that pisses me off, and I'm going to be curmudgeon here about it, but it's probably the same goddamn people that are like, oh, I don't want to watch that fish fucking movie that thinks Splash is a 91%. So that's my, yeah. that's all I have to say. But, yeah. but here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> you you get, you get don't even get Daryl's ass, which is a weird fucking thing to say, <laughs> um, <laughs> Daryl Hannah's ass. In the Disney Plus version. But at least with Shape of Water, you get Sally and Doug Jones's oh, yeah. ass. Given Doug Jones also admitted that that was not his real ass, but he was proud of that ass. But you get both in the same go. This movie, you don't even get Tom Hanks's ass. Fuck, I would have settled for fucking John Candy's ass. <laughs> Candy ass. Interesting. But no, we don't even get him in a fucking mermaid. Ah, oh, God, fuck. This movie's not angered me. I wasn't this angry before. It was going to be a C- minus because I'm like, I did enjoy a portion of it. But now I just pissed myself off. I think I did this before with a recent review. And it dropped a grade down to like a D+. Plus. This movie's a fucking D+. Plus. Oh, the D's all around this time. Yeah. We had A's all around for Shape of Water and D's all around for this D's, one. D's, D's ones deserve it. That's what I, I got to yeah. say about this. This one deserves to sink to the bottom. This is a dead fish. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just uh well maybe some of our listeners can help us out with have you seen splash and are you one of the many that apparently really like it what are we missing uh please feel free to share that information along with any questions comments criticism criticism to the video junk podcast at gmail.com you can also find us on twitter at video junk pod as well as on the main facebook uh page the video junk podcast page and the video junk podcast group uh if you write it we'll read it and we do look forward to hearing from you and if you like what you heard, um, we do have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Video Junkyard Podcast. Uh, there's a couple of tiers of membership there. Go and check it out. All, all of them comes with their own perks. Any money we do collect through the Patreon page does go straight back into producing the podcast. And I uh, hope you'll consider joining us again coming up on the podcast. We do have, uh, we're going to do the uh, Video Junkyard Podcast Down Under series. We're going to look at a couple of Australian movies, uh, an Australian zombie movie called Undead that you may or may not have heard of. If you haven't, check it out on Tubi and then join us for that conversation. Followed by the Dennis Hopper vehicle Mad Dog Morgan. Um, come check those out. And of course, we'll have a lot of other really exciting stuff coming up after that. And I uh, hope you'll uh, make the decision to come back and join us here on the Video Junkyard Podcast. We appreciate you listening to the podcast and hope that if you enjoy it, you'll share it around. And until next time, this is the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Seiskel saying... You're fond of me lobster, ain't you? I seen it. You're fond of me lobster. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. 
You just can't let them go. Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast. All one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard.